0: Welcome, movie lovers, back for another Anatomy of Movie as we dissect Baywatch. That's right, grab your, your favorite pair of swing trunks and uh, get ready to have a good old time because we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The iconic TV show has made it to the big screen um, via Dwayne Johnson as Mitch Buchanan and uh, Zach Efron and many others. We're here to talk about it on Anatomy of the Movie. Joining me, we have Dimitri Panos. Hey,
1: movie fans. And you brought the guns. I did. <laughs> yeah. I was I was going to take off my shirt, but we want viewers, right? I mean, I guess if you don't go on, you don't go video on this. <laughs> Yes, for those, of
0: you, uh, for those of you listening, I have brought uh, my, uh, my tank top, just in honor of the movie, of course. So, um, so there you have it. And I'm uh, not
1: wearing any pants. No, I'm kidding.
0: You got your favorite Speedo on? There
1: you go, yes.
0: Awesome. All right, so uh, for those of you just joining us for the very first time, we go in-depth with movies... And so, therefore, we assume you've seen the movie, which is to say we're very spoiler-filled. So, um, if you haven't seen the movie and don't want it spoiled, go see the movie first, then come back to us. Um, if you don't care or you've seen it, great. Um, secondly, you can always get our rundown. Just uh, There's a link in the description box. Click that link. And uh, this week we have quite a bit of photos. I, I-, I couldn't rob you guys of photos for this one. <laughs> So I, I, exactly. I so not only do you get the rundown that we use, but you get the photos that we use as part of the rundown. So even if you're okay. listening on audio, you still can partake in the visual aspects of everything. Uh,
1: are you saying that we're going for a specific audience?
0: Listen, I'm going to do... I'm doing this show for me. I'm my own specific audience for this one. I don't care if anybody listens to this show. This one's for me. Awesome.
1: Well, that's so, good. So I'll give it to you.
0: <laughs> blow those pictures up. There you go. So um, we'll go through various pictures. Um, but I figured even before we talk about the movie itself, um, let's let's kind of go back to what Baywatch was. Sure. Um, and you know, it was an NBC show canceled after the first season. But what I love about this story is that here's. Here's David Hasselhoff coming off of the success of Knight Rider, and he takes a shot on this and goes to bat for it, putting up his own money initially to bring it back to life, and oh boy, what an investment that was Mm -hmm. for him.
1: Yeah, and I forget what, um, I forget what networking ended up on, uh, and and what years are we talking about here, too? Uh,
0: the first season was in 89, and then it got resurrected in the 90s.
1: Right, so... We're talking a time where syndication, syndication was um, ruled um, where where shows, believe it or not, back in that time period, shows like Wheel of Fortune, Star Trek, The Next Generation really um, changed the landscape of syndication as well. Um, And Baywatch was actually part of that. Part of that swell because when when you couldn't make it or a network could, wouldn't pick you up, this option came along and gave gave audiences you know because they they didn't have to go to the network to see it. It would be on different channels depending on where you lived and times. Um, but it was a great way to keep television shows alive, and Baywatch for sure benefited from that. I believe because I forget what network it ended up on.
0: Yeah, I I um I forget cuz I yeah, I don't remember that part of my youth.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it went back to a network, no. so to speak. Yeah. You know, it was like one of those I, I believe it went into like that type of a syndication route.
0: Yeah, it was revived in 1991 with its first um syndication run. So, you were I correct. almost know something. Yeah, you, you got that <laughs> correct. Um uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, David Hasselhoff is most known as part of the series. Um I mean, at at its peak, this was just everywhere. And to talk about, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about is global appeal in terms of movies, and is global um, overtaking perhaps U.S. box office. And this was very much—I mean, it was popular in the U.S., but talk about international acclaim,
1: dude! It was it was it was one of our biggest exports. Yeah. As far, i mean—and this is what made Hasselhoff an international. Star. This is what made him like the, uh, what, what, what Jerry Lewis was to France, it made Hasselhoff in Germany. Mm-hmm. Like he became, like it was from all of Baywatch, you can blame Baywatch for his singing career, <laughs> um, you know, uh, his jocularity, so to speak. Like he became, because of Baywatch, you know, he became a different character, yeah. so to speak. You know, born was a new uh, Hasselhoff because of internationally and what it meant and what it did. Everybody, this is what, (laughs) back in the time when people would watch the show, they'd go, oh, America.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, in in, in that way, absolutely. You know, 100%. Hundred uh, percent. The joke is that it used to be called Boob Watch. Uh, some of the other things, you know, the slow mo run. I mean, it, the the, the storylines themselves, <laughs> in many ways, were very far fetched, not self referential as we'll talk about in the movie, but but just absolutely ridiculous. A lot of love triangles and love stories. Um, definitely, somewhat of a turnover of cast and things like that. But but overall, it never took itself too seriously, and it just knew what it had. Um,
1: you brought up some. You brought up turnover of cast, and there was a ton of turnover of cast in this show. And usually, turnover in cast on a popular show usually means it survives maybe a season, maybe two, or maybe one and a half. Like when you start getting rid of cast of of a show that people watch on a weekly basis, didn't hurt Baywatch at all because it wasn't about. It was about the cast, but it wasn't about the cast. You just got new
0: <laughs> cast members to look at. Yes. <laughs> uh, and hey, listen, if that sounds sexist, there was plenty of good-looking guys, whether, you know, you talk about the, we'll talk about the original Matt Brody or even back to season one through three. There's Eddie and, you know, all these, th- th- you know, definitely um, no shortage of people.
1: No, no, male and female.
0: Uh, to my knowledge, you never had a Ronnie type of character in Baywatch. Unless it was, like, a one-off and that was it.
1: Yeah. Because that's why, you know, I didn't watch the show because who am I going to relate to? Well, Ronnie I relate to, but that's so movie-ish. But we'll get into that later.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, let's talk, you know, I wanted to talk about this, um, you know, almost before we got overall impressions. And I I, I guess I'll kick it off for me because, you know, one of the things that critics are, are saying is, was there a need for Baywatch? Did anybody want Baywatch? And I to, to that I say, listen, I don't like. In a at what point in the universe is there not a place for Baywatch? Where basically you're looking at, you're having fun, and you can have good looking people on screen. Like that, that just got to be timeless. Now, if it's not timeless, it's not a world I want to live in. Did they execute <laughs> it properly? We could talk about that. Okay. You know, I think that I think there's certain things they could have done better, but overall. Um, for 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 what Baywatch was, I enjoyed it. You know, was it Twenty One Jump Street? Was it uh, the more recent, let's say, Fist Fight that I rather enjoyed this year a lot, uh, quite a lot? No, it wasn't those. But nonetheless, uh, it it made me laugh um, certainly, and, and I came away with a good time. So much so that I recommend it. You know, I, I saw, I got to see it twice. I it, the second time with Marissa, who does the panel with us, and a couple of other people. And yeah, they, they enjoyed it. Marissa,
1: who in her wildest dreams never thought she would have watched Baywatch in her life. Right. I never thought I'd see a Baywatch movie either, but but that's funny that she went. Yeah.
0: So that's my <laughs> sort of impressions. I'll get to the specifics of which, but um, I just wanted to share well, that. Well, you
1: know, for me, and I'm going to bring up actually some of the points that you were bringing up earlier. Like for me, I mean, straight up, Baywatch was never a good television show. I mean, no, not at all. Okay, granted, you can't deny its global pop cultural impact. Okay, but people didn't tune in because of the stories. Okay, it was no Rockford Files. Hell, to me, it wasn't even the San Pedro Beach Bums. I mean, I believe the pilot to Baywatch, which was called Tentacles, was about an octopus that was stealing surfboards. The, uh, not the original pilot, but uh, I believe the, it was quote season two pilot. An octopus stealing (laughs) surfboards. Either way, you're not wrong. They should have incorporated that subplot into this, and that would have been hysterical. Um, So I guess what I'm getting to is, we talked about, yes, this was one of America's biggest exports, okay? They loved it internationally, but they loved it here, too. It was a very high-rated show, um, and, and it stayed on the air for a lot longer then, hell, I would have thought, right?
0: I mean, it had nine seasons and then Baywatch Nights and so on and so <laughs> forth.
1: So, you know, so why make a movie from a TV show that wasn't, in fact, good? Well, in part for me, it's what else is Paramount doing today? Um, you know, they are actually sort of kind of listless. So right now, until Mr. Giannopoulos can write that chip, throw in the very popular Dwayne The Rock Johnson who seems like he can pair up with most anybody, including Sir Absalot, Zac Efron here, and then some very attractive women in tight bathing suits and slow motion. But how do you, to me, it's how do you parody a show that became self-parody itself? That's, to me, its biggest challenge was, and Baywatch, to me, proves it can't. It takes itself too seriously, and when it tries for humor... Just for me, a lot of it just wasn't funny. It's not for lack of trying. Or the cast. I mean, I actually believe that they had good chemistry together. There was... I mean, it wasn't just because they looked good. They looked as if they were having a really good time making this movie. But they it seemed that they were having more fun making it than I definitely was watching it. But I'm not going to deny their chemistry. Mm -hmm. They... They were they worked well together, um, and their chemistry kept my attention until it didn't. Uh, this movie was comes in at 119 minutes. I found there was a lot of driftwood. There was there was a moment where I thought the movie was near the end, and I looked at my watch, and I was shocked to learn, oh my head, there's another half hour to go with this. I was like, that's the point where Baywatch made me angry. And I'm gonna beg me. We can talk about this. Is comedy a dying breed? Are there no good comedy writers? Are studios too scared uh, to take risks in an original comedy? You know, you know. If Baywatch is the answer, then please let's not get to Baywatch nights. You know, and, and these are. And I think comedy. You and I. You and I talk comedy a lot, uh, and we'll, mm-hmm. we do the comedy shows. Usually, sometimes on our own, like this. And we talk about it's getting harder and harder. And, you know, I want to talk about comedy, you know, and there's a reason why Baywatch is made. Um, well, the, you where know, are it, we? It, it, here's the thing. It's an interesting
0: <clears throat> thing of how it did get made. And, and I still stand by, like, Baywatch has a place in time if done well at any point in time. Mm-hmm. I really believe that regardless of what the TV show did. But um, what was interesting to me was okay, so you have the Reno nine one one uh creators or co creator, um Robert Ben um Garnett, and right you know, he goes into Paramount and they basically have a whole board of stuff and Bay watches down at the bottom, he's like, Ooh, I'd be interested in that. Right. Um and so it's 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 not you know, we talk about passion for a project and sometimes there there's movies that are just hit or miss, but at least you can tell like People were very passionate in making it. I think ultimately, as you pointed out, the cast has a lot of fun. I think, you know, in making this, people had fun, but it just seems like it didn't start from the right place, perhaps.
1: Well, correct me if I am wrong, too, because the, 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 the making of this movie does, in fact, have an extremely long history. That, if I am correct, dates back to when Baywatch ended its television run. They were thinking yeah. of making that jump in the nineties to the big screen and to me that was the time to sort of strike because you know Hasselhoff is riding this huge wave and I'm not saying that the movie would have been huge in the 90s but it would have made sense I'm not saying it should have happened but it would have made sense but it didn't happen for a myriad of reasons of, of happening so and it becoming a Drama action or action drama? How would you categorize it? Uh,
0: What the actual show was? Yes,
1: what the actual show was. Drama action. Drama action, right? So now, you know, we get into, you know, 2017. We've had 21 Jump Street, which 21 Jump Street was actually a good show. But what they did is they turned it on its heels and they made it not a drama Action as a uh, you know a cop drama type thing actually made it into a, co- a very self referential comedy that was successful. Mm-hmm. So I can understand Baywatch trying to go that route. We could try to figure out how did that miss? Like what happened? Like again, I almost think that they took it almost too seriously. And then when you're injecting some of the humor, some of it was funny. I did get a laugh or two from here or there, but. I don't know when we can talk about like what do you think like where what could they have done to have well, made this <clears throat> better?
0: Um, you know, I I, I I guess I'll start with this. Um, you know, for me, I thought where it definitely did cross the line was the mentor of Mitch and then Casey Jean. We already have Mitch and Casey Jean in the movie. That's The Rock and Kelly. Right, we don't need to, like make them other people, right? Yet, meaning Pamela Anderson and David Hasselhoff, but right. but to make them now, you're like, okay, well, what's if if Mitch Buchanan is Mitch Buchanan, what's David Hasselhoff Is he right, Mitch Hasselhoff,
1: yeah, and is she <laughs>
0: Casey Jean Anderson? Like, yeah. well, it's just that that's that's where the line was. Okay, you yeah. you've tried a little bit too hard, yeah. Um, but apart from that, you know. I don't know. There's still something for me to the idea. Um, and again, trust me. I think in, in the comedy scheme, I think there's tons of better comedies. And I think there's a, a, a tremendously different way to do this movie and still sort of achieve what they were perhaps mm-hmm. trying to achieve. But I had I did have fun doing it um, or watching it. And where I'm going with it is just the fact that, I don't know, sometimes it's just good to turn off your, your brain and just, you know what? Just enjoy
1: it. I I get it. I I just, you know, it's... Look, The Rock has become extremely popular uh, above and beyond just pop culture, but in cinema, okay? Uh, You and I were talking about this. I want to list the movies that The Rock says no to. I mean, because this guy seems like he's in almost everything. He's in a lot of movies, and he pairs up with a lot of people, you know. And I think the Fast and Furious franchise really elevated his, his game and he started getting more roles i mean he's been paired up with kevin hart and that movie worked really well
0: <clears throat> you know central he's come intelligence, a- yeah. central
1: intelligence you know he's come a long way since like say the tooth fairy you know he was always trying to Well, reinvent- even in the mummy
0: like he was right. uh, that was very they're like okay he's <clears throat> we get what he is he's a wrestler so let's kind of put him on the outside of things and we'll utilize him for what it could.
1: he was even in the sequel to get shorty What was that called? Be cool or something. Okay. He and he played a he played a gay character and he was definitely trying to do different things, which I respect him for. Uh, first and foremost, the guy has had a ton of longevity, and now he's before. Now he's fallen into the Disney family. I mean, he was in Moana, which I'm not going to point to The Rock as as being the success of Moana, but being incorporated into the D- Disney family, now he's going to be in the Jungle Cruise, okay? Um, and he's in the the Jumanji um, reboot with with I believe Kevin Hart again. Um,
0: <laughs> it- Two names I never would have thought. Right, that together. The but
1: dramatic. okay, and the thing about the Rock too, and, and I know this from experience, is that good movie, bad movie, you want him on your team. You know, it's a it's a risk to make a movie, okay. But at least when you get the Rock, you know this is going to give it his all. And number two, he is going to do what is asked of him to promote the movie. Okay, I mean, I've gone to shows like in Vegas, Cinema Cons, Show West Cinema Con, and this guy has been there straight for like the past five, six years, and sometimes promoting more than one movie, okay? So he'll show up for whatever studio. He loves, and he gets the business of exhibitors. He loves that. So he's very charismatic. He seems to be very nice. One thing that I got from watching Baywatch is truly, even offset, he was like, he was Mitch. He was the captain. He was the lieutenant. He was their boss. Um, and that seemed to be something that would carry off of set, but not in a bad way, but in that very good familial, you know, family type atmosphere way. So I think putting the rock in this movie and number one, he's no bigger fan to your point too, about bad reviews. He has gone on to combat those reviews. What actor do you know of? Sometimes they just go hide under a, oh, pardon general. the plan, a rock. When it happens, <laughs> nice. not the rock. He will come out and say, "Guys, don't listen to this." I mean, you know, if you're Paramount, you're thrilled to death to have him on your team because he will go to bat. He when I was uh, when I went away and I was at the airport, they had the big video monitors and they were promoting Baywatch, and he was doing silly stuff at you know uh, there. I mean he does what's asked, and above and beyond he's behind the project hundred percent, so I understand why you would get him into the project you know well even
0: it, you know in terms of development and this i'm taking this from your research but but I saw various bits hmm. of it too um you know he he, he argued with paramount they, they could have made pg g thirteen but it was his idea, his sense of humor um to go no let's let's go r and let's see how far we can push the envelope like it's my type of humor um I like that sort of thing and I think we can have a lot of fun with this. And he
1: fought for that. And and, and, look, and I'm glad because I'm not sure how this would have gone down as PG-13. Yeah,
0: well, I think, it, I, yeah, it would have been, an, I think the story and everything would have been a completely different movie.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, but I'm glad that he had the gumption to, you know, and he's got the weight sort of kind of now where he can go to executives and fight that fight. But that's why I say he's good for a project. Here's my thing about the rock is right now he's in this part of his career like where he he wants to be well liked by everybody and he and he is he already is okay, but remember back in the eighties and such, Schwarzenegger wanted to become more than just the action hero, okay, mm-hmm. so he was fortunate because. He paired up with people like talented people like Ivan Reitman who would put him in movies like Kindergarten Cop and Twins. Like people saw a comedic side to Schwarzenegger and it worked. And the movies are still funny today. The Rock already he's popular as well and he can have some comedies under his belt. He needs an Ivan Reitman in his life. He Mm. needs that. He needs that story. He needs that kindergarten cop type of a story or even a twins kind of a story. He needs that creative comedy that will really catapult him and he won't be getting Baywatch type scripts. He can hmm. be getting solid good comedy scripts. Um, and then when you add it to the factor of his already likability and the fact that he goes to that, I yeah. mean, he's already a multinational world global star from wrestling right factor that in like that's what he needs like i, I think you know he huh. needs that good solid comedy that everybody loves
0: it's certainly a, it's a, i don't think it's a bad suggestion
1: you know do you agree or like yeah i mean if
0: i'm trying to think of who that would actually be for him um you know i mean uh, there's obviously Like, um, Phil Lord and, um, what's, what's his partner's name? The ones that did the Lego movie. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, you know, I think they, you know, they could perhaps get along, but yeah, I don't know who that would be. And the funny
1: thing is, is that Ivan Reitman was one of the producers of this movie. Yes, he was. Montecito, you know, Mm. so it's interesting. I'm hoping, you know, you never know. I mean, that's what, he needs that to, to, to to really catapult that comedic career because i think he's got the charisma yeah. and and i also think that he has the comedic chops and he has his timing down right um and like i said he pairs well with zach efron he obviously paired well with with kevin hart very People much People so. like that so he needs more of that kevin hart kind of stuff too um Because he truly is breaking the, and he's on Ballers right now on HBO. So with that, he shows that he can do a little bit more of the dramatic side. I mean, this guy's doing a ton. He just just doesn't stop. Like I said, I want to see what he says no to, (laughs) because he's so busy. So,
0: well, um, absolutely. So let's. Why don't we? uh, You know, the interesting part before we dive into the story, kind of giving you background of of the story. So, Damian Shannon and Mark Swift wrote it. Um, An interesting—they're a writing duo, but known for horror, ironically of all things. Um, so they met together at the uh, at USC, and um, and then you know they they just kind of been working ever since. Um, and they did uh, Friday the Thirteenth in two thousand nine, Freddy vs. Jason, um, and Shark Tale. So you know, uh, interestingly enough, a little bit different of their wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, they go for well one family picture from correct shark tales the animated will smith right yeah and then you have two hard r franchise horror series and then you know uh it's it's not unlike danny mcbride who's going from comedy and now he's writing the halloween movie <laughs> so you know but hey if you're if you're a good writer you know why wouldn't you be able to tackle a comedy you know and go for well, that well
0: I think it's this. Well, I would argue. You know, the 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 big thing is, I think it's much easier for a comedy writer to write a drama <clears throat> than it is. Like comedies, you either have it or you don't. I agree. You can't. It's very. I don't think. Like Aaron Sorkin. Good luck writing a comedy. No offense to him. I think he's a fantastic screenwriter, but he's not writing Billy Madison or. No. So.
1: No, I. I mean, it's. That's why I think, like, that's, again, uh, comedy sort of seems to be a dying breed. It's as if, well, unless I, there's is, something that they can franchise, Here's
0: right? the thing, you know, I, I, I would, like, and, and again, by the way, as you guys listen to me, you guys will actually wonder what the things I say, do I actually like this movie? Yes, I do, so, but there are going to be things no. I contradict myself with. Um, but in terms of where film's at, I look at it in the sense that if you're a writer... You've jumped ship from films and moved on to TV. Sure, you, you, you know and you have um, not longevity, but but let's say job security. Certainly more so than this. Um, you are a producer. You're well. You're well respected. Um, and you know what? Like what Hollywood used to be. You know, it, it just amazes me the fact that movies. Like, Holly, we talk, kind of talk about it. There's several writers every now and then. But but even then, it's like it goes from one person then to a rewrite. Sure. Whereas the old Hollywood, it was very much a writer's room for movies. Yeah. And now they've just transitioned that into into a TV. Mm-hmm. But why it doesn't exist for movies anymore is beyond me. And that's partly why I think movies are the way they are. It's just, we don't have the writer's room that we used to have sure. for movies. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean no, and that's a good theory as well and 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 I and I and I agree because there isn't that you can read the old Hollywood stories about how <clears throat> when people like Spielberg and Lucas first met and then they were friends with Francis Ford Coppola. One of them was a friend with Francis Ford Coppola or um uh not Irvin Gershwin, who's the who's the gentleman that wrote uh um who's the gentleman that wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Frank,
0: um... I forget. I'm not a Star okay. Wars buff, but... Well, uh, um, so i forget.
1: He, he's, uh... Oh my god, he's that big time... Oh god, now I gotta look it up. Um, because, it's, it's, because he was a writer that they used to hang around with. And then they would... You know, he wrote, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, well, we want to kick around these ideas. And you're right. And I don't know if that's necessarily happening but I want to know what's happening more or less to comedy because Baywatch I can see why because for Paramount which isn't this sort of kind of in this they're in doldrums right now and Baywatch if it hits that's a franchise for them okay they're not thinking they're not thinking let's make one really good movie and if people like it then we'll go back to the drawing board and talk about sequel they're thinking Baywatch wow Like, we can have a Baywatch 2, a 3, and then we can do a Baywatch Nights. Like, they're thinking a much larger picture. Where before, it was, if you made Beverly Hills Cop, and Beverly Hills Cop becomes a huge movie, then they start talking about, when should we do a sequel? And then it was a discussion, because it even wasn't a done deal. I mean, so, now I just wonder, like, it's tough to find original comedy... You know, everything's derivative of something else. I mean, I'm seeing trailers for movies, and albeit they do look sort of kind of funny. Um, there's that Girls' Night Out, mm-hmm. the one with... Um,
0: Scarlett Johansson. Well, there's, Scarlett, there's, there's There's Rough Night, and there's... Rough Night, and I forget the other one, which is... Um,
1: Lawrence Kasdan, by the way, is, is the name of the writer that I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. They all knew each other and started kicking around idea, and Lawrence Kasdan's known to be a really decent writer and director, you know pretty good and then there's the uh, now we're going back girls to trip girls, the, girls trip okay. rough night and girls trip these are all derivative from like bridesmaids now bridesmaids is a very original comedy right and so bad mom sort of kind of falls out you know falls in that 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 category we have women strong women making good comedies but it's tough they had the
0: tina fey one the sisters too
1: yeah so it's tough Like, let's come up with something that's not bridesmaids. I mean, we could put women in a comedy for sure. I'm all for it. I mean, there should be. There are extremely funny women out there. And those two movies we talked about, they actually look sort of funny to me. Uh, You know, I'm going to, I'll see them. I don't think... Whoa, Jada Pinkett Smith looks hysterical.
0: Girls' Night, I think, is going to be funnier than than Rough Night. Yeah. But Rough Night, unfortunately, is getting more promos right now, from what I'm seeing.
1: Same here. Same here. Yeah, Nonetheless. in any case, going back to Baywatch, I think the Paramount looks at it not as a film, uh, as a one-off. one, one offer. They're, they're hoping, they're trying to spark something, get something going, because they've lost so much, and um, it's just been really tough. So when you do Baywatch, you've already had 21 Jump Street, and the equally as good, I guess, t- 22 Jump Street, the sequel. Yeah. They did really well, but where do you take this? And it's tough, because... Let me ask you this. What if they took Baywatch, right? And what if they did make it more of Miami Vice-ish? Like where it was more of a action drama? Because it... Or if you're going to do it this way, how do you separate yourself from 21 Jump Street?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's to a... To make a comedy. Uh, I mean, it's a decent question. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in terms of the answer, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I guess, why don't we dive into the story a little bit and mm-hmm. see if the answer emerges, right? Um, so, I guess, you know, overall, uh, I mean, what did, you, what did you think of the story? You know, here they are, lifeguards, and boom, we got we to gotta save the beach.
1: We got drugs on the beach. We got this hot woman who's a hotel owner who's, who wants to run the drug cartel, and mm-hmm. uh, it was somewhere in Florida, Yes, uh, and uh, Emerald Bay. Yeah, Emerald Bay. It was. It was. It, to me, this was a Baywatch story. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, very much. We so, find. Yes. Yeah, it was a Baywatch story.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that it had all the trappings of a what could be a very cheesy Baywatch story, and then you had beautiful women and lifeguards trying to solve a crime. Where there was one character in the movie who I actually was one of my favorites, the actual cop. Kept on going. Oh, LRB? you, you guys are lifeguards. <laughs> like, no, we'll handle this. <laughs> like, and they never got the joke. It's like, no. no, 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 we're keeping the beach. No, you just make sure people don't drown. <laughs> that was actually a fun take in going back and forth. But that's not what Baywatch was ever about. They always yeah. got involved in these shenanigans.
0: They did, you know. Uh, obviously, the difference in this in the movie version, is that they're a lot more aware of it. Where, you know, it, with the TV show, God knows what could have happened. The the only things that they reference of the past is the relationships. But at no point are we going back of like, oh, remember last week when the ship blew up and we had to save right. everybody? And this that was never brought no. into, because we just need to keep it. it moving. I get it. Um, I mean, you know, I... I in terms of the introduction of characters, uh, it's very Baywatch to have trainees, so I thought that aspect worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did enjoy the idea of Matt Brody, although um, I think perhaps a little bit too hit on the head a, a, a lot of the times. I, I thought they could have taken it down a little bit, perhaps, um, just because he, he, I mean, he's just such an idiot.
1: Yeah, and, but Zach Efron has sort of kind of made that popular of himself right now, especially since Neighbors. You know, his his character's not that far off when you break it down. No. Now, no. watching the trailer to this, <clears throat> I like the idea of, guys, you know, we need, like, I didn't know that they were going to make him such an oaf, so to speak, because I like the idea of, I thought he was going to be more of a, this. I thought he would sort of kind of know what he was doing, but he was just going to be the big headed, "Hey, I won two gold medals." But I thought that was going to like that's a good idea. It's like I understood it from the trailer. No, we need him for publicity's sake because he was in the Olympics. But then they added this other story where he he tanked the relay cuz he threw up in the pool and stuff and So I mean,
0: I thought in terms of something new, <laughs> it certainly it was new.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think part of the reason why, perhaps, that it, it, it's just he never really gave her a good reason because, you know, he gives that line of, uh, "They just needed me to win the race," mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and she says to him, "Yeah, well, you certainly made sure they didn't." Um, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, it, it's. There wasn't anything beyond that. So, um. But in in terms of the story. It felt, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it felt a little bit different, again, because I have such a history with it, and, you know, per, perhaps someone who's going into it a lot more fresh, they might not, and part of it, it's that it's the movie format, but but in the TV show, you had multiple plot lines going on. Sure. This was very much okay, find out one thing, get to the next, which leads us to the next thing, it, you know, it's it's in that regard so
1: you had that but uh, you know I mean the way I was viewing it and maybe I'm diving too deep but you know you had romantic, potential romantic re, you know relationships budding uh, you had the trainee um, uh, what was his name Ronnie? You had Ronnie yeah. Summer and, yeah. and um, so,
0: obviously Matt Brody you
1: know and Matt Brody is, is, is learning to be part of the team and his potential relationship with you know, Alexander D'Addario's character. So you had all those little mm-hmm. silly plot lines. And then you had, you know, the, the 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 gorgeous woman who runs the hotel who's trying to, you know, pressure all of the other hotels to sell her their property so she can be the drug czar of Emerald Bay. And you had all that silly drama going on. That to me was like right straight out of it was as if they would they just picked up an unused script. <laughs> But I'm telling I mean, you, squid stealing surfboards would have been a great subplot. Like, Mitch, we got we got. What happened to my surfboard? Well, sand, and, drifters, sand drifters and then it's,
0: sand drifters. It <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh, in, in terms of Brody <clears throat> and Mitch? What did you think about that interaction? Because obviously, a lot of people are writing about the the bromance between them, and and I thought I thought I thought it worked overall very funny, and and. Uh, so much so in terms of when you go back to the, your idea that they're having fun doing it, it was Zac Efron who came up with every single one of those nicknames. Yes. Whether High School Musical, whether One Direction.
1: And-, and let's face it, Adam Sandler's made a career doing that. We've talked about when we talk about Adam Sandler movies. But, however, I definitely think that their chemistry worked really well together. And The Rock appreciated Zac Efron's work ethic. Apparently Zac Efron was waking up at 5 in the morning to start working out. And he's like, who does that? You know, but obviously I think that they had a good chemistry together. The Rock appreciated the fact that he was throwing these ideas out. And he even credits Zac Efron for saying, you know what? He brought a lot of the comedy into this movie. That was really funny. And the mere fact, I really thought that The Rock was able to carry it off and Mm -hmm. and say it so that it was funny. Every time he called him a new name, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and... And it's funny that Zach Efron goes, "Oh, you gotta call me High School Musical." <laughs> that was a funny line, you know. So I liked their pairing. I thought they were very good together as a team. But again, I think to The Rock's credit, you know, it looks like you can put him up with almost everybody, and he's gonna he's gonna try to make it work out. I, uh,
0: so, overall, but I overall. mean, here's the thing: I, I to that same notion, I don't want to discredit. Zachary. No. Right? He, you know, I mean, we've seen <clears throat> The Rock work with um, um, Alexandria, Alexandra and in and, and San Andreas, right? and she played his daughter, and while for most of the movie, uh, spoiler, tune out for a little bit, <laughs> 20 seconds, um, they're separated for most of the movie. When they do sure. have their scenes together, it's very touching and, and, and believable. Yeah. Um, uh, Anthony, if you will, from the booth, bring up a couple of the cast photos, only because if, if you're talking about the workout thing, I don't know... How true this is, although I also don't, I don't find it that untrue. If if someone were to tell me, um, the notion that these guys literally just all they did was um, work out and eat like celery to stay a part of this movie for like whatever amount of time I, that I they didn't filmed, know
1: about the diets, but
0: again, whether or not that's fully true, I don't know. At the same time, I don't see it being not true either. You, you, you know. They were all very conscious of, okay, we got to well, maintain the, our, our our
1: body. Alexandra Daddario goes on. When she found out she'd have to spend three months in a swimsuit, she was like, she decided to get off her rear and train with, she trained with Zac Efron's trainer. <clears throat> um, and that gentleman's name is Patrick Murphy. And again, in shape, she went from doing the occasional yoga session to training four or five days every week. Uh, and that included free weight training, Bosu balls b-o-s-u balls trx straps and much more leading her to put on what her trainer called visual lines of definition mm-hmm. now she was mostly in a red bathing suit so there are there are nice lines everywhere to be had in this movie for male and or female mind this you is true. um you know and she did it because she wanted to look good in the swimsuit, uh, and she had to wear it every day on screen, even when she auditioned for the role. And then the ongoing joke is that everyone in the movie is supposed to be supernaturally attractive. And she's like, "Really? I've never done anything where I thought about my body as much. You're literally in a bikini the entire day." She said she even wore a swimsuit when she auditioned with Zach. And their chemistry was pretty good too. Yeah, that's why I feel all around the cast got along well together. And you're right about Zach Efron. I wish, I wish he didn't have to play such the dummy.
0: Yeah, because <clears throat> I, 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 you know, I think it's. You mentioned neighbors. I could go to uh, David Mike Need Wedding Dates. Yeah, he's kind of that in that same boat. Um, speaking of auditioning in bathing suits, Kelly, um, who plays <laughs> CJ, she decided to audition in a bathing suit, which I thought was funny. Um which she kind of regrets, but obviously I I doubt she regrets it fully because <laughs> she got the role, so something worked.
1: Well, it's to her credit. Could you from what I understand, the audition process is is it could be a very nerve wracking process and that if it's one of those things where people are waiting outside the, the, the door, okay. There isn't much camaraderie going around. They're 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 competing in a sense for a role. Yeah. Okay. And I just was thinking, oh my head, could you imagine the other women who might have been up who were up not might have been they were, they were up for that role as well. And then she shows up wearing the red suit. Like, I'm surprised they just didn't like going, oh, F you, I'm out of here. There's no <laughs> how how do you compete? Like, I mean, good good on her for for having the courage to do that. Because remember, there were times like Sean Young showing up in a Catwoman outfit really didn't do her any good. Well, she also hid under the desk at Tim Burton and, and popped yeah. out because she wanted to role a Catwoman. <laughs> so that didn't work out for her so much. But for her, you know, it worked. Right now, you say brilliant if she didn't get the role, number never. one, we wouldn't be hearing about the story and she'd never dress that way <laughs> again, never again yeah. to do it. So it's like baseball. Oh yeah, that was a great, that's great that you subbed out <laughs> that, that player. That was a brilliant move and if it didn't work, that was the stupidest move ever. <laughs> so,
0: uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to go to, I want to talk about the comedy aspect um, specifically because, uh, you know, we sort of, Meandered a little bit, but um, when, you, when you spoke about Alexandra, um, one of the things that you had sent me was the fact that she wanted to be a part of the movie because of a very specific scene. Now, <laughs> when I was first starting to read it, I thought she meant the corner scene. Uh, and where yes. I'm going with this is <laughs> there's two completely very dick heavy jokes and yes. scenes in yes. this entire movie. And so I wanted to, you know, obviously get your perspective on both and and whatnot, and, and we you can I'll let you complete the thought of Alexandria and well, what she said, and then we'll talk about the scene.
1: Uh, the scene that she's specifically talking about, and I personally think it's the funnier of the two scenes, is a scene where Ronnie, um, played by John Bass, get gets his junk stuck in like a, a beach chair, a mm-hmm. wooden beach chair, because he he is excited because of, I'm sorry, what, what CJ. was CJ. CJ, who, there was a little love interest going there. She was next to him, and he got excited, and um, uh, who's the comedian? Uh, his his, his friend is there. Yeah, uh, yeah his, I, I forget. Um, I'll look it up. Because I actually thought he was going to be in the movie more. I was sort of kind of bummed that he, um, that he wasn't. Uh, points out that um, he's like, dude, Look, look south because uh, you're pointing north, so to speak. And he he does a header onto this chair, and he gets stuck in the chair. Hannibal Burris, um, yes. And <laughs> that that to me, it was a very funny scene because a then he stands up with the chair, <laughs> which is a funny visual. <laughs> He's stuck; his privates are stuck through the chair, and CJ keeps on like caressing his head, and he's like, get away from me! That's not helping. And meanwhile, he's like, I am so embarrassed. <laughs> and I was like going, yeah, what happened to me. <laughs> I would be going, yeah, that's very embarrassing. And then when he talked to uh, Alexander D'Addario, he goes, did you know about this? She goes, oh, no. No, we all know about what happened to you in the chair. That was a funny played out scene. I wish more of the comedy were that clever throughout the movie. Because it was it was just like please stop touching me please stop touching me it's not helping and Hannibal Bird, who was it It was like thinking your where, where did the line like thinking your grandmother's underwear or something oh like I, think, that. I think I think I think CJ
0: might have been the one right. feeding it to him
1: <laughs> and he's like get away from me that was a very when you're thinking of comedy and movies I felt that that was a very structured played out bit. No. what are your thoughts and oh and that's why she wanted to do this movie for that scene so yeah I,
0: I, I it came out of nowhere in the best of ways um, and I thought the it, thing: it's it's kind of an interesting comparison because um, when I look at that scene it has the right amount of balance in terms of how much you show and how much you give right the second scene the coroner's scene there's no bonus about it. no and you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The reason why Mitch... The only reason Mitch ultimately does it is he's hazing Matt sure. Brody huh. to touch the guy's dick. And so right. he can take a picture. Yep. He's not actually checking for anything. No. Um, and and I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a guy. I was <laughs> just like, oh, this is a little bit too far.
1: Yeah, it just didn't have the heft, <laughs> so to speak. Because that first scene... Because this one was... The second scene was purposely gratuitous. Yeah. Where I agree with you, the the, the first scene on the beach it, it was multi-layered too. Because number 1, he can't get out of the situation because she's trying to help him and that's not helping. It's only making matters worse. Then you throw in the embarrassment factor because everybody on the beach now is watching him and he's standing up with the chest to his head. So everybody knows what's going on. So you have that embarrassment factor. And, so and I loved laughing. even
0: Mitch, of like, yeah, you know, uh, I've gotten my penis stuck a couple of times. Yeah, in women.
1: In women. <laughs> and it's just like, not the same, Mitch. Not, not the, the same. same. Mitch. Yeah. So. That's why I felt that that was a very well-crafted scene. From writing, to acting, to directing, to the way that it was edited. Because we didn't stay on the junk enough, but we saw enough to see how it got stuck. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, you needed a crowbar to... to, (laughs) It was just very funny. Where the scene in the hospital just was gratuitous. Like, I don't mind gratuity, but it just seemed gratuitous for the sake of we got a... We got to show another penis in the movie. We got to get a penis in the movie. At what point is
0: that a note from the executives? But yeah,
1: we need another penis in the movie. We need another like you know penis. So um, now, what was funny is is um, when they're hiding in, but that was in the trailer too. Yeah. You know, and in the, in the, the the fat was dripping on him, and he comes out and he's drinking the jug of uh, of. Uh, Uh, purist yeah yeah, (laughs) that that was sort of funny you know but again I wish there was more humor like there was on the beach that Mm -hmm. that scene on the beach because in fact because it happened so early on in the movie I actually had hope Mm -hmm. I was like this seems sort of fun I'm laughing (laughs) this is a funny scene I go wow
0: (laughs) (laughs) well okay um you know it seemed like uh again uh the character of Ronnie would never have anything to do with the original TV show oh, but no. stole the show so i want to ask you um and, and we'll talk about Leeds as, as a character as well but um at at the first party right the actual um at the club um when Mitch tells him like i need you <laughs> and at, at first he's hesitant and he's like no no and then he switches com- gears completely right and just does his bit
1: what um What did you think of that bit? You know, it was just chubby guy dancing. I thought his other bits were funnier. Like, again, for me, it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, right, whenever I see movies, whether it's a comedy, drama, action movie, whatever, whenever I see beautiful people falling in love with beautiful people, I'm like, yeah, well, of course, like, of course it's going to happen, right? How come they don't have, like, beautiful people and then there's me? And then this movie does it right, and they do it pretty well. But then it's like, yeah, no, that's that's just that that only will ever happen in the movies. Like a guy like him, was he going to do it? But where they you're used not the tech him, guy, you're I'm not the not, fucking I'm tech not guy, the fucking tech guy. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know. But where where he was the where where he was the most funny was when he, outside of the dancing, which um. Farley was the you know could carry off Chris Farley mm-hmm. could carry off like the, the 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 fat dancing that scene just went on for a little bit too long and especially since our villain like knew it was a ruse anyways so it it, it just it almost had no place in it or it just went on too long for me but otherwise though he's he's this John Bass. He was funny. I liked when they were running on the beach at the end and he trips up Zach Efron.
0: <laughs> Which apparently was Zach's idea.
1: Was it? Yeah. I think that's a funny scene. Watching him train. Like, I love, again, I love the fact that they say the kid's got a lot of heart. Well, I have a lot of heart, too. You know, I'm like, oh, he's somebody I can root for. But then in the end, it's a, it's a movie. It would never happen. But I loved, uh, <laughs> I love them. They wake up in bed and she's like, you want some pancakes? He's like, yeah. And I'm like going, yeah. And then when she's away and he's like doing this. And then she goes, yeah, I'm still here. He goes, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that would be me. <laughs> it was, oh. I thought those scenes were, again, they were clever because they were making fun of that physical archetype. And you're right. Somebody like Ronnie would never be in the original Baywatch. And he always had a shirt on. Yeah. which was awesome well except, except
0: for the shower scene <laughs> when he's seeing Katy Perry's roar <laughs> um, he gets caught by a surprise there
1: yeah the co showers no yeah Yeah, that you know
0: working. what? I mean in thinking about it I I, I I did love his character I think he did steal a lot of the show believe it or not <laughs> you know just even like yeah salad I'll have a salad I'm a leafy greens kind of guy yeah. <laughs> really just, be- there's no, no one's eating
1: freaking salads no, how the hell do problem. you
0: guys look like that so I thought that played well.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, he oh, he had one other funny line, um, and it was in regards, oh, you know, because he was the guy who goes, it must be, is it just me? She's always running in slow motion. <laughs> now, again, self-referential, but it was just the way, but when Alexander Daddario was like, yeah, I see, because you see it too? <laughs> he's like, wow, well, that's crazy. Yeah. And it, it was just the way he delivered it. As well, and it's one of those relationships. Would a would a woman like that go for a guy like that? Eh, usually, only in the movies. But I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out for him. Well, it's like, you, yay!
0: <laughs> to that point, the slow mo bit, right? I want to ask you about this because then it, you know, they turn around and uh you know CJ when when <laughs> this, weird, this when CJ when Pamela Anderson CJ comes in, right?
1: At the end, young CJ is mm, like, because she's oh, going to be the new, uh, yeah, captain. Yeah, captain, right.
0: But, but, but CJ, young CJ is looking at it like, oh, she, this is going to take a while because of the slow mo. Um, which I thought was funny, but let me answer that, you know, not to be mean to Pamela Anderson, but like, it just, I felt almost bad for because it it's, we're not in the time that she was right. the icon that she, you know, she's still right. the icon that she is, but. You know, um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it did her a slight disservice.
1: I get what they were going for. And I get the self-referential joke. It could have been done maybe differently. Um, I was never the big, biggest Pamela Anderson fan. And I understand her appeal in Baywatch. She tried very hard to do other things.
0: Stacked was a good TV show. I will say, How check it out. Did it, that
1: last? It didn't, but it was actually pretty you know? fun. And I'm just saying. The,
0: uh, not that I'm not, also <clears throat> not saying I'm the biggest like, advocate of Pamela Anderson. You know, yeah, I'm, I don't, just, I'm not one way or against She became her. extremely
1: popular from Baywatch. Barbed Wire didn't do anything for her career. But then there was a sex tape that came out. So, you know, again, it's just not my particular type, which is fine. It's no dis... You know, she's... Listen... To talk about trials and tribulations, this is a woman who's gone through a lot. And actually, I applaud some of the things that she's focused her life on now because that's a complete turnaround than what she wants, okay? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, something big in life has to happen for that to, to happen. I wish they gave her better do. Like, it would have been, like, fun to maybe have, instead of having that guy captain... Mm-hmm why didn't you just have her as that entire role? Make her the bad guy at the end. Like, at least that way she would have been utilized better, I think. And not so much, as you said, and I don't disagree, done as a disservice. Because, Jesus Christ, Hasselhoff had his, you know, had his roles and it wasn't a disservice to him. He was just being the caricature of himself, which he already is. So it wasn't doing anything, but... She could have done... They could have put her in a better... Better spotlight. Spotlight. Or maybe she needed saving or something. Maybe she was running in slow motion and she tripped. You know? I mean, <clears throat> they could have done something else, I think.
0: Um, I agree with you there. I want to talk about um, Leeds, the character of Leeds, because, um, you know, obviously she's our villain and whatnot, um, which... Will also tie. I want to talk about specifically the ending part. <laughs> she she just dies. Yeah, she just
1: dies, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. She gets blown up by um, a very big firework thing, <laughs> like a bazooka. The bazooka, <laughs> yes, the bazooka fireworks. The fireworks.
0: Um, but I, I thought overall very charismatic. Um, this is her first Hollywood role, correct?
1: I believe so. Yeah, there was a lot. There was lots being said about this role for her. I mean, she got a lot of attention, and she's in Quantico. Um, And I don't know. Look, at number one, there's no denying her beauty and her uniqueness. I mean, she won.
0: Come on. Like, you don't (laughs) win the world pageant and not have beauty.
1: And there's no denying that. By placing her as the villain, number one, I, again, it just goes back to. I mean, some people have criticized her, and I'm like, why? I mean, she, she does this role. She looks like she's having a good time doing the, the, this part, right? I mean, it's not going to win her any awards, or, you know, I mean, it could, I, I'm not sure it'll help her get any other jobs, but she had fun doing it. She looked fantastic doing it. I mean, I can't look at this movie and go, oh my God, the acting was so horrible. She was, yeah. she did what she had to do and she appeared to have a good time playing in that role. Yeah. So I, I can't criticize her at all for, for being in. You're right, her character just sort of gets blown up and that's it. Bye.
0: There's <laughs> no remorse whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but so What did you think of her? Um, I mean, I thought I thought it was I thought she was obviously very stunning, especially in that green dress. Yes. Um, and and you know what I I, I they did switch up the character from being a male to a female, um, which I believe is the Rock's idea, or, or that's at least how it's you know put to paper. Um, and one of the things that I thought worked well was the addition that you know she kept saying like I thought at times that she could have been over the top, and yet she, she had those great lines where. If, you, if I was a man, you would say I'm driven. Right. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's a good addition. I'm, I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's like, okay, well, it does make you kind of <clears throat> question and wonder of like, okay, well, I, yeah, perhaps,
1: perhaps. What movie did this line come in? You no, know, uh, yeah, I, and again, there's just no denying that they really filled this movie up with, with very beautiful people, um, and she was a very beautiful villainess, And she played it just fine. Like, in the confines of a Like, look, if you were to take this out and put it into another kind of a crime thriller, you'd go, Jesus, you should have gotten somebody else. But in the confines of a Baywatch movie, she was perfect. Like, she wasn't cheesy, I didn't think. She delivered her lines fine. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see more from her. I really do... You know, I don't watch Quantico, but, um, you <clears throat> know, it, it doesn't show me that she can't act. It shows me, like, okay, she can have fun with the role, and yeah. I'd like to see more.
1: And she doesn't mind being in a Baywatch movie.
0: Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, all right, so if you will allow me, unless there's Absolutely. any other story elements, I figured I'd do a quick rundown of the history of uh, of the main characters.
1: Please, I would love that. Because, right. um,
0: Yeah. So we have some pic- – So, um, and by the way, if you're in audio form, uh, click the link in the description box to download not only the rundown but the pictures. And so here's a side-by-side comparison of the various characters. So here's Mitch Buchanan, uh, originally played by David Hasselhoff, now The Rock. And Hasselhoff has been in all the seasons. He, the, Mitch Buchanan is the main character of the series, um, going all the way to the penultimate season of uh, Baywatch Hawaii in 2000 when Hasselhoff decided to leave the series – Um, But he retained his position as executive producers. Um, As the years progressed, Mitch increasingly served as the mentor and father figure to many of the younger lifeguards at Baywatch headquarters helping them um, in work-related matters and also their personal lives. Which, uh, you know, you get that.
1: Yeah, I have a question. Um, So the original Baywatch, I always remember that that was what people believe Southern California to to look To be and look like. To be and look like. That's... That was it. And I think that was the appeal, particularly to coming from Boston. When you saw Baywatch, you're like, oh, my God, California beaches. Oh, my God. California
0: head. dreaming. Yeah.
1: And so it just just imagine, you know, overseas as well. Like, that was what they looked at California as. The show ran on for a long time. And it was filmed, I believe, in Malibu, in Malibu right? They changed the setting to Florida, and I don't know if that was because Rock's filming ballers in Florida, but I heard they moved ballers to California.
0: <laughs> well, Florida, from my so, understanding, is because of tax incentive. Tax incentive? Okay. Yeah, primarily. I mean, maybe there's other reasons, but primarily tax incentive. Okay.
1: So, you know, it was, it was it was interesting to me because, to me, Malibu and California were easily as big as the show. Yeah. You know, that's what... That's what people who didn't live in California, Southern California, that's they pointed to Baywatch and go, "Oh, yeah. oh my God, look at California! People are swimming. Look at the beautiful women. The wow. water looks warm."
0: Now we got Cali- Now we got Florida dreaming.
1: <clears throat> now we got Florida dreaming, which said the water is probably a lot warmer. Maybe yeah. yeah.
0: Um, plenty of great beaches all over the world. By that's the way. True. Uh, so then we have the character of Matt Brody, um, played by Zac Efron in this one, but originally played by um, David uh, Charvet. Uh, he, he was on from seasons three through five and then reoccurred in six. Um, he had a long-term relationship with Summer Quinn, which they allude to in the movie, uh, in the fourth season, and pursued a similar relationship with C.J. Parker, so maybe something for the future in the movies, in the fifth and sixth seasons. He was forced <laughs> to resign because of a phony sexual harassment lawsuit filed by series bad girl, Neely but was reinstated after the lawsuit proved to be false. After a while, Matt went back to France, unable to cope with Neely's return. He eventually returned, um, but after going on a holiday with some members of the team, he was never seen again, which suggests he returned to France again. Now, ironically, this is my speculation. I think he's uh, a—in the movie version, I think it's Matt Brody mixed with um, Eddie Kramer, who was played by Billy Warlock, who was in seasons one through three— and Eddie began life um, on Baywatch as a teenager with a complicated background being an orphan he learned very from an early age to defend himself <laughs> um a theory that got him in trouble uh He kept to himself uh and liked to keep himself in the box. This helped him in some situations. Eddie was homeless during some periods of time and he he um you know was helped out by lifeguard Craig and then eventually he started a relationship um and so forth so that's kind of my theory is that in in the movie version they took those two characters
1: and put them together. What's your theory on we talked about this, so his name's Matt Brody. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Jaws fan. I can't help not think that they took the first name of Matt Hooper, the oceanographer in Jaws and then paired it up with the last name of the chief of police of Amityville Island, who they worked together in Jaws to capture the shark, to kill the shark whose last name is Brody. Matt Brody. I'm just throwing it out there. Is the I, I
0: have no doubt that it's very possible simply because by season three, they'd already gone through so many characters that any inspiration that they could get to take... To, to, to. So, um, green th- dress. Then you have Victoria Leeds. Yes, I picked out the very green dress that has great cleavage, I will say and admit. Um... And here's the thing: she had a lot of fun doing it. She's a new character, so it's not like she came from the TV show. Um, if you listen to her on Chelsea Handler's show, um, she talks about how much fun she had. I'm, I'm sure in other movies as well, but that one in particular, I, I got a chance to to catch. And uh, you know uh, what she enjoyed about her role is that um, while she's in a Baywatch movie, she doesn't have the pressures as all the Baywatch girls, right? So um, she, she didn't have to follow the strict diets and, and all that quite get, as much.
1: I got to tell you, I wish there were more outtakes. I have a feeling during that dance scene, I have a feeling she was cracking up. Oh, I bet. I have a feeling because I was getting the sense that she was holding back, like mm-hmm. going, what the hell did we just? Like, cause she even says, I don't know what the hell that was, but thank you very <laughs> much. But I have a feeling she was cracking up. Oh, I sure. just have a feeling and I would, I would love, th- there's got to be video of that.
0: I I yeah, when when the uh, Blu-ray or D V D comes out, I'm sure. <clears throat> um then we have Summer Quinn, which, you know, apart from like uh from Matt Brody's relationship, um, she's not as standout as, as you would imagine her to be. And originally played by Nicole Egger, Um Summer and her mother Jackie moved to California to escape Jackie's hmm. uh abusive ex-boyfriend. They traveled across country. In their trailer and set up home in a local trailer park Summer was a star athlete in her hometown Winning many awards for swimming Her, her <laughs> mother's ex-boyfriend Tracked him down and confronted Summer When he began to get physical with her Matt Brody stepped in and stopped them um, This was the start of a long relationship between the two Later with the help of C.J. Parker Summer overcame bulimia Summer then left to pursue that her That was ex- in
1: a very special episode of Baywatch yes. The bulimia yeah, In a yeah. special episode of Baywatch
0: Um, Which, if you watch Baywatch, what I loved about it was, on tonight's episode of Baywatch, and they would kind of give you (laughs) the tease of what you're going to see. And then you have the, uh, I would say the most iconic of the girls, uh, Casey Jean, C.J. Parker, played by Pamela Anderson from Seasons 3 to 7, a strong, dedicated lifeguard who is also the object of desire from several men on the beach, eventually left Baywatch and married a rock singer in Mexico. Not her actual real life. This is CJ we're talking about. But unfortunately, it didn't last. She later opened up a beach cafe in Hawaii and married one of her waiters, Leonard. i um, uh, uh go.com voted CJ Park on one of the, the top ten blondes.
1: Now, let me ask you something, mm-hmm. okay? <clears throat> that If you can go back to that other picture right there. See, this isn't the Pamela Anderson that we've that we know now not Mm -hmm. the older but even later on in years like barbed wire i mean you know she she's a natural beauty in this picture Mm -hmm. she's had work done and i don't know if it was necessarily necessary i mean she's an again when you look at this picture she doesn't i don't know again i'm just going by you had natural beauty what she's had a rough Life being with Tommy Lee couldn't have been easy. Now the actress who plays her in this new Baywatch, again, yeah. she's stunning, Kelly
0: um, Rothbach.
1: Yeah, she, you know, she she was really good. She was. She had a lot. <laughs> she of She was doing great. It. And 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 again, and I hope, uh, you know, she continues an acting career. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that it doesn't stymie her. But she was really good, and she was a, We were talking. She was a model. She was right.
0: primarily a model um, from Connecticut. From Connecticut. She golfs a lot too. Um there's a lot of um <clears throat> articles about her golfing and stuff like that. So hey, hit the greens, you might catch right. her. <laughs> um then she'd you, run me over in a golf cart. Then you have uh, Stephanie Holden, which um she was iconic too, um, but because of her relationship with Mitch. So originally played by Alexander Paul, she right. um had she was in seasons three through six and reoccurred in seven. Um, Stephanie. When Stephanie was seven years old, her father died in a helicopter crash in Vietnam. This affected her deeply, and she developed a huge fear of helicopters. Stephanie was eventually abandoned by her mother and was raised by her grandmother. She developed a romantic relationship with Mitch Buchanan, and the two became very serious. The relationship ended abruptly when Stephanie, Mitch, Stephanie left Mitch without explanation because she was married. Stephanie and, and Mitch eventually got over their differences and formed a strong friendship. She dies in Season 7 after a lightning strike while at sea. This was a big episode. Paul later reprised her role as the late Stephanie in the second season episode of the spin-offs Bay, um, Baywatch Nights. Um,
1: she's the one that I... If, not that I regularly watch the show, but she's the one that I crushed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was...
0: Yeah, I liked her. I liked she was... Ball. I, I, you know, um, the what i will say like out of out of the tv show not that she's like the other girls were fun and things like that but if there's any like uh, however close you can get to feminism like she was she was a good role model for women right or as best as, as she could have been under the baywatch circumstances <laughs> right. um so yes very much so she was yeah. you know she was a tenant <clears throat> she was strong she was a leader um and she's a leader in this as well um obviously they'll underplay the, the relationship a, a lot more in this.
1: And listen, this El Hadera, she was beautiful as well. In fact, I actually, when I was thinking about this movie and how to talk about it, I felt that her character wasn't in the movie enough. Yeah. I felt that you, way underutilized. And I don't know why that is. Maybe things just got cut out. But I actually felt Because she, she, number one, she has she too, like it's hard to point at another movie that had such amazing women presence, like not just one that wasn't carried by, but they're each beautiful in their own way, and they each had their own individual type of presence on screen. And she was really, she's very beautiful. I I felt that she was probably underutilized. She wasn't given enough for whatever reason. Yeah,
0: I, I, I would love to see more from her. And, um, you know, right now she hasn't done quite as much, but um shyrac is, is a big movie. So definitely uh, check her out in that um, Spike Lee movie. Um, and then, you know, your char- one of your favorite characters in this movie, um, Ellerby, Right. So um, originally played by Gregory a- Allen Williams. He was in seasons one, three, and then four through five and reoccurred in two and eight. Um, he's a good friend of the lifeguards, apparently not in the movie. Um, a police officer who patrols the beach but hates the water. He appears in um, in, the, in this movie, obviously. So, um,
1: and again, I couldn't quite grasp that because he seemed to not mind Mitch. Like they would fist bump when they, you know. Mm-hmm. T- but he, I, I like the fact that he was the guy going, w- "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. No, and that he couldn't. He would never like. He couldn't. Annunciate like keep no no, don't wait, what do you he always seems sort of lost, but he was funny and I always did like the fact that he pointed out No, 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 what you? you're a lifeguard. <laughs> Give it to the police But I was
0: like <laughs> Well it is my cheat day.
1: It's my cheat day.
0: So yeah. See, it was sort of funny.
1: Yeah. I put protein in it too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and then I, I, I thought I'd chat out a couple of the characters that weren't in the movie but that were beloved characters. Hobie, which is um, Mitch's son, um, primarily played by Jeremy Jackson, but um, Bren Call also played him in season one. Um, Caroline Holden. Yasmeen Bleeth. I'm surprised they didn't uh, – Caroline Holden was the sister of um, Stephanie.
1: Right, and I'm surprised that she wasn't – whether she turned – whether anything was offered and if she just turned it down because – to me, it was always Pamela Anderson, Yasmin Bleed. Yeah. Am I wrong in that? Like well, they seem to be the two that were the most representative, yeah. in a sense, I, or the most popular. I, if that's I, I, right.
0: I don't want to get. it. I mean, here is the thing with with her. I know she suffered. Like you know, there's been a lot of about her in the news with weight gain and and her own oh. issues, and so okay. It, I'm sure they didn't maybe they didn't even want to do it just because they knew she'd turn it down you, you know they yeah it's one of those things if you're like a producer and this is where it does get iffy it's like sh- do we even invite her because we know she's probably not gonna she might want to say yes but feel really weird so if we just don't offer it to her even though it's a little bit shitty at least we're protecting her I don't know
1: I don't know yeah but, I, and I didn't know anybody it. it sucks getting old but I didn't know any about that I, you know I'm not when it comes to a lot of people I I, I don't follow people and stuff because whatever their personal lives are but watching the movie without knowing what you just said I was sort of I was a little bit like where's she? Yeah. Because she had totally had her day in the sun with Baywatch. Yeah. So that
0: makes sense. um, Then there was Cody Madison he was um, in the later seasons seasons six through nine he was an Olympic swimmer um, with an irregular heartbeat and then uh, he had relationships with CJ and later on Lonnie McKenzie, who was played by the Carmen Electra that we know. So that's uh, Cody. She was the other one,
1: Carmen yes. Electra.
0: Yeah, she came in a- after um, after CJ Parker, Pamela Anderson left the show. They replaced her with Carmen Electra. Um, the resident bad boy was Neely um she was in many seasons five and then um six through eight and reoccurred in nine however she was played by three different actresses so <laughs> the picture i have is of Sorry. gina lee nolan um at first she was played by heather campbell then uh jennifer campbell in season nine so um a lot of bad yeah she was she was an interesting character she she was when when we say bad she was really bad
1: wait, and, wait, like bad actor or bad character she was a bad character. So. Okay,
0: yeah. So Neely's, she was the she. Um, again, she got she created a lawsuit against Matt Brody because of sexual harassment that never existed. That she faked. Um, you know, so and then <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, she got yeah. She Neely became involved. Yeah, she tried to ruin Mitch's relationship, and and it was, just, it was
1: bad. And she was so important that three actresses had to play her.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, last but not least, um, awesome. uh, Carmen Electra, who plays Lonnie. Right. Um, she she was a lifeguard who had dreams of becoming a famous dancer. So they obviously used her actual real-life talent right. um, for the show. So there you have it. Um, let's get into the—
1: um Now, do you know if they reached out to Carmen Electra? Uh, She's another one that again, uh, you know. Know, I was wrong because yet Pamela Anderson. I remember always hearing about Carmen Electra. I mean, again, being a, a you know a Howard Stern friend for many years, Pamela Anderson's a regular, mm-hmm. uh, Carmen Electra used to be on the show a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and and I forget if Yasmin Belief was on it, but that's where it was from. This show that you always heard about these three women, and they were on. All of the magazine covers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um, from what I remember, because she, she did an interview with Maria Menunos on Maria's show, um, Conversations with Maria, and um, I, I listened to it. I wasn't there, but I did listen to it, and um, it, the, the the idea of Baywatch came up, and at the time, she said she she just hadn't been called, and she was okay with it. Um, now, whether or not they called her later on and she declined, I, I'm not sure. This was... This was about a year and a half ago, before the release of the movie. So, you know, plenty of time still left to have put her into the movie. It was it was still like when they were casting the movie. Um, all right, so let's move into the production side of things as we we start to um, to get into this. Um, what do you think of Seth Gordon? I mean, he uh, you and I both like a lot of his movies. Yeah, um, Horrible Bosses. Both you know, I love both movies.
1: Uh huh. Same here. And I I, I actually. Okay, I think in horrible bosses he had more to work with as far as comedic talent goes. Mm-hmm. Charlie Day, Jason Bateman, um, uh, who's the third? Um,
0: uh, 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 y- yes, um, I know who you're talking about. But even even um, oh, what, uh, what's the uh, what, Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey, like even uh, Kevin Spacey in his own right is a comedic genius in that movie, right.
1: in both so, movies. You know, I think from a comedic standpoint, from a comedy standpoint, he's working with a little more talent there, okay? Um, I think the original, I think Horrible Bosses, we were talking about original comedy. That's actually a very good concept comedy. Who who at one point or another has not had some semblance of an altercation with a boss or whatever? The concept is great. The performances are really good. Um, And then when you go into the second one, right, you have... You bring Chris Pine, you have, you have Christoph Waltz and Chris Pine, okay? Nobody really thinks of Chris Pine as being a comedic genius. But Seth was able to get a good comedic performance out of him. And I, was, I remember watching him going, wow, Chris Pine's actually funny in this movie. And they, so I think he had a better base yeah. to start off with for horrible bosses. I think coming into Baywatch, yeah, it's a job. It's it's comedy. It's his wheelhouse. He could try to make it work. I don't fault his direction. Um, you do have Zac Efron, who's you know proven from Neighbors uh, Mike and Eve date, Mike and Dave need wedding dates, not a good movie, but he could still be funny, you know. and, and The Rock is willing to try. And break out so I can't point to performance I just think it ended up number one it was too long we talk about this this movie could have this movie should have been an hour and a half you know it should have been should have been no more than a hundred minutes so I think it I think the script needed a little more incubating to, to, to let's hone this in like we have this great gag at the beginning let's try to let's Try to make more gags like that because that's actually funny. And why don't we take an old Baywatch plot like squid stealing surfboards and let's throw that in because, A, some people are going to get it because they're Baywatch fans, and that's just fucking so ridiculous. Like, how did the show ever last on the air? <laughs> and we can make fun of that. Like, I just, more could have been put into it. It's of no fault of Seth. I mean, he is a good comedic director, and he gets the best out of his actresses and actors. And a lot of them, to my knowledge, aren't comedian people. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh,
0: I've, I think if I had mm. a chance to do it, and I'm not saying that the end result would be better, but my idea would go into it. I think there's enough there to work with trainees. Sure. So you, take, you take the core of the pre-existing Baywatch lifeguards, insert the th- three trainees, and you kind of make it about them that's it you know and right. and you don't need a main villain you just kind of have these uh they're almost vignettes in a sense sure and then you're hinging more on the relationship rather than like okay great there's this villain we have to all go after sure that would have been my thought
1: yeah so. like i know i totally get what you're saying and so I have just different complications on the beach yeah
0: yeah because because it. again it's not it's not about the complication it's about strengthening the bond yeah. between them as people
1: you know and i was even thinking too like what if what if you were at the point where Mitch was thinking retiring, which Hasselhoff never did. <laughs> and he was, like, thinking, I'm going to leave the beach, and... Actually, he did. Well, well Mitch Buchanan
0: thinks about retiring. Yes,
1: yeah. He got fired, but I meant, you know, yes, so... No,
0: I meant in the actual TV show. Oh, okay. There was, um, there oh. was a point in time when Mitch thought about retiring, because he, he was getting too old for that. You know, But then he was like,
1: oh, ah, they still need me! They still need me for Baywatch Nights. And, but, I mean, I don't know. There, there could have been a myriad of ways um, that they could have gone uh, to, to have made it a stronger comedy. Especially now in the summertime. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand, too, I, I, I don't fault them picking the date that they picked, which is Memorial Day weekend. It's the start of many summer vacations. Summer needs a good, strong comedy. And uh, I just wish that this could have delivered more.
0: I did like their slogan, uh, Summer is Coming, especially when they had Summer Quinn on the poster. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so,
0: um, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's talk about the music um, be- because it's someone that uh, is near and dear to us, yeah. Christoph Lenartz. Uh we-, we got to interview him. Um, he's worked with Seth Gordon a lot. And so, um, you know... I- it, he he expl- He goes on to explain one of the biggest things for me was why they didn't use the Baywatch theme song more. And he goes on to explain it. But um, do you want to kind of uh, give his quote?
1: Well, I I have his I have that article up, but you have it in front of sure. you. Sure. Because go ahead because I was going to talk about other stuff that was really cool but
0: sure, uh, in, in that sense he just felt it was, it was dated, it was 80s sounding, it was 80s pop so they tried various different versions, three different versions um, and it just wasn't quote cool enough
1: and you know when you say that quote, when you think of horrible bosses right, and this is where he, this is where he really shines because he's not your traditional composer but he'll pick, he blends score with pop Pop rock music, right, so there's a scene in horrible bosses where they're all walking in like slow motion and they're actually walking in slow motion, but it's a, but he uses like a cool song to set it 's almost like reservoir dogs ish like the way they're walking i didn 't get the sense like he's great at blending that and mm-hmm. trying to find that 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 rhythm um in in blending rock music or contemporary music with score. Um, But it was something funny in this article, too, that I read about him because he talks about Elmer Bernstein, who's no stranger to great comedic score. This guy's worked with John Landis and Animal House. He's worked with Ivan Reitman. And we talk about Ghostbusters. He talks about Ghostbusters. But what was cool is, is that we talked to him a couple of years ago and he talked about how he studied under Bernstein for a year. And we had that first. <laughs> we talked about that first. But I appreciate that he's trying to do something different in comedy. He's not... He doesn't He doesn't just stay the path. So um, he's, he always does a good job. And he always... In these kind of movies, I think that kind of music helps with the pacing. May not impact the comedic punch, with the exception of like that scene in Horrible Bosses, but he does help the pacing move along. Yeah. So...
0: Um, so, um, unfortunately my time is a little bit cut short, so okay. I'll get through a little, uh, Under Armour, a huge sponsor of this movie, um, as you can imagine, which by the way, I found it interesting that they've, they've also done a lot of movies like Any Given Sunday, Friday Night Lights, <coughs> The Blinds, uh, Dark Knight Rises, which you can imagine for, um, the, the Dark Knight suit. Sure. Lone Survival, Captain America, and The Martian, believe it or not. Um, a couple of other quick things, what did it, oh, um, one piece swimsuits have gone up in sale, so we're going to get to box office real fast here, but I like the one piece swimsuit but uh but the one piece swimsuit uh, the box office may not be great, but the one piece swimsuit numbers are going high
1: <laughs> so something's
0: working uh, but let's let's talk box office
1: yeah thirty three million thus far as of June first its production budget is around sixty nine million which means they probably so it's right under seventy right. So you're probably looking at close to hundred, depending on what you put in for the for the marketing. Now here's the now we talked a lot about foreign box office, and we talked Pirates of the Caribbean. Thus far, though, I'm not sure that they've opened up in all their territories. They have not, and that doesn't make sense to me because I would figure with a movie like Baywatch, which was so huge overseas, why wouldn't you just get it out there? Like I don't understand why there wasn't a concerted effort, because like I said, we talked about it. Television wise, this is a huge export for for us. It did huge. Um, I don't understand why why they're holding back because unless they were afraid of piracy, but at least to me it would just seem from a sales standpoint since the movie didn't do fantastic, that maybe it's harder to do. I don't know, but worldwide, it's done thirty four million dollars. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Um, it's interesting because even though we, we were talking about film critics, um, we were talking about criticism. This one got this one got skewered. This one was about twenty nah. percent, and I know it was hovering between eighteen and twenty. We'll call it twenty. We'll give it the benefit of that doubt. Twenty percent ain't good, but on Cinema Score got a B plus, which which isn't isn't horrible, particularly for a comedy. Um, but, um, you know, in this day and age, I'm not sure, you know, we talked about the effect that Rotten Tomatoes may or may not have. Um, it's interesting when you have a B plus and you couple it with a 20 percent. It's sort of kind of it's sort of a fast burn because people I don't know that we get so many movies coming out now in the summertime, it's hard for it to stay and it's already been deemed in the media as a flop. Yeah. So that's tough because people aren't going to pay attention to a cinema score. They will pay attention when every news outlet, when they're doing a rundown, says, oh, my God, what's such a disappointment. So, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be awesome. tough for them.
0: Um, you know, I'd be I would <laughs> be interested in a sequel. I, I would like to see a little bit of changes. I think, a, you know, a little bit less self, self-referential and just kind of just just go for it but don't you don't have to go to the level that they did
1: i i'm gonna be more interested in their international box office to see yeah. if baywatch still has that cachet if there is to be a sequel mm-hmm. it'll be because of international box office
0: this is so true.
1: That, that at least that's my my, my silly thoughts <laughs> on that
0: uh, well uh silly thoughts why don't we get to final thoughts
1: you know, as I said, you know, they, they made a movie out of a show which, from a story perspective, wasn't very good. Very popular. There's there's no denying that even today when people say Baywatch, outside of the movie being released, they know what you're talking about. So, pop culture iconism, Baywatch is. Um, I had wished that this movie would have been funnier. I sort of had the sense when I was watching the trailer that I was getting the funniest stuff in the trailer. Um, Fortunately, there were a couple of other gags that were funny. We talked a lot about that gag at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Getting stuck in a beach chair. I wish there was more of that cleverness throughout the movie. Um, Beautiful cast to look at, um, I I felt, and I felt that their chemistry did really come off on screen. They looked to have a very good time making the movie together, which is fine. Um, That at least showed up, because Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't happen that way and if they're miserable i'm miserable you know at least they were having a good time so there, there you go.
0: go um so yeah was it the perfect movie no um did i enjoy it i did um would i recommend it? i don't think it's for everybody um but i do f- you know if you're a fan of baywatch the tv show it, it's worth a watch it's it's worth the curiosity factor if nothing else and um i you know if nothing else i applaud them for taking a shot um then you know what call me next time i'll help you guys out yeah <laughs> um all right guys thank you guys as always for joining hey. us um at d movie 1701 for dimitri hey, at, hey. at movie anatomy for here um definitely check out our past shows we've done plenty of them just today we did pirates of the caribbean dead man's telling no tales um so check out that and uh check out the christopher uh, Leonard's um interview we did for horrible Bosses Two. Uh, we've done tons and tons of movies, uh, coming closer and closer to 400 soon, and down the pipeline, we've got Wonder Woman, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, we've got um, so many others that I can't
1: even think of. Dunkirk. Other than Dunkirk. Um, so, so who knows? And when you say go back, go back, uh, look up our Christopher Linert, uh, yeah. Christopher Linert's interview, because that was in uh, Surrounding Horrible Bosses.
0: So, uh, And what we're listening to is the original theme song to Baywatch, <laughs> seasons one through three. Uh, thank you guys as always. Uh, we'll see you guys next time for another Anatomy of Movie.